Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Check out all the Locked On Network. Check out LockedOnSports.com. Check out WilliamsonFootball.com. Check out my buddies over at RevTown. I've been telling you about them on Twitter. I am at WilliamsonNFL. There's so much going on, even at this somewhat quiet time of the year. C.J. Anderson just signed with the Panthers. I like that move a lot for team and player. Um, but what we're going to do today, as I promised you, we're going to break down every division's draft. And this week is all about the AFC. We did the NFC last week. Division each day. And then I'll throw in a Twitter Thursday in there for a little change up. Uh, but we're going to go west to east. Just going backwards is the usual uh, order I use do these things in. So we're, that starts us with the Denver Broncos, who were widely regarded as, you know, I don't read a lot of the post-draft um, grades and those things, but a lot of people I saw had Denver ranked highly. And I very much agree with that. I think they did an exceptional job. I like a lot of the players they landed. And this is no disrespect at all to Bradley Chubb. And him falling to five was a bit of a shock. I mean, him getting past two and four to get to five is a bit of a shock. I've told you this before about him. I think he's a very, very good prospect. I don't think he's Bosa or Clowney or, uh, you know, what's his, Miles Garrett from last year. But I think he's a slight notch below those guys. And he'll be a highly productive player. And edge guys don't grow on trees. And I'm sure Denver looked at this and said, this is just too good a player at a premium position to keep a strength of strength. How do we not take him at five? You know, we have a high grade on him. We have to grab him. That being said, I would have taken Quentin Nelson with this pick. You know, just to really take the offense to another level. Um, We talked about this last week. Shane Ray's option was not picked up. So maybe they're looking at Ray for one more year. Maybe they see Barrett as a backup. Miller will be a superstar for years, but Chubb will keep that strength to strength. And Chubb's a little bigger than those guys. Maybe he can be a move-in over-the-guard NASCAR package guy for them. And again, I'm not saying anything really bad about Chubb. I just thought Nelson was probably the best prospect in this draft at a need position, would have made the offensive line of strength, the running game, you know. But again, I'm kind of splitting hairs with that. I mean, these are two really got, real good players. I just would have had a higher grade on Nelson. I understand the guard versus edge thing is a legitimate argument against Nelson. I absolutely understand that. So I'm obviously not real, real critical of Denver for this pick. Then... With the 40th selection, they took Cortland Sutton. And a lot of people talked about him as a potential Cowboys first-round pick, late first type guy. And then the fourth round with 113th pick, they took Deshaun Hamilton, a wide receiver from Penn State. So two wide receivers, both of whom I like. I think Hamilton, I've told you guys this a lot, that a lot of the receivers that have come in the league lately that have excelled have been pretty polished, sharp route runners and that set up defensive backs well, can change speeds, explode other cuts. I think Hamilton's that type of guy. Might not have the highest ceiling, you know, where Sutton's the super high ceiling guy. He could be Alshon Jeffrey. You see him with highlight, you know, one-handed catch. He's huge. So in a way, these kind of look like the younger versions of Demarius and Emmanuel. You know, like I think Emmanuel Sanders is more explosive than Hamilton, but Hamilton's a fourth-round pick. Uh, Hamilton, I think, immediately might even be the slot. Uh, Carlos Henderson's in the mix now, too. So I've been critical of the, of the Broncos for a while with their tight end receiver combination of 
What do you got besides Sanders and Thomas? Well, now they've got a lot of options of varying skill sets. I like both those picks a lot. I was shocked Sutton lasted that long. Royce Freeman is also good value at 71. I think him and Booker, I don't know that one's going to take it over more than the other. They're both big. They both catch the ball well. Booker catches the ball a lot better than people think. And I'm, I'm my hunch is now, and what you're kind of reading is... Freeman will probably be the early down back. Booker will be the more third down back. Maybe, but they both are pretty versatile. And my hunch is it could be a 50-50-ish type of deal. The one knock I've heard on Freeman, well, not that he's a super prospect other than that, but I've heard some people that I trust say he's had such wear and tear on his body at Oregon that you wonder, not that he's over the hill already, but does he have much left? You know, that he's taken a pounding... He looked a lot better two years ago than he did this past year. You know, his early career at Oregon looked better than his late career at Oregon. Sporting cast and blocking had something to do with that. But he's a big back, no-nonsense back, with some wiggle, with some lateral agility, probably not going to hit the home run, good receiver. So again, this gives you a pretty quality big back with receiving skills for two dudes running back pairing. Uh, Isaac Yadam from a corner from Boston College was their third round pick, 99th overall. Uh, so they had, you know, they had two fours, two thirds, and obviously they lost Talib. This is a big guy. He's never going to make you forget about Talib, but I could see him being a starter a year or two from now, preferably on the outside, smart playmaker. A lot to like about him too. Certainly a need position. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. So does Josie Jewell, fourth-round pick. He's your consummate. Every year there's a couple linebackers that don't test great, isn't super fast, not super rangy. They always go about in the fourth round. That make a ton of plays and read the ball really well and don't take false steps, but they're not great in space. You don't want them running with Travis Kelsey down the field. Well, that's Josie Jewell, and he might pass Davis on the depth chart as a similar type of guy. For this range to improve your linebacker spot, to add another guy to the mix, again, good work. Again, I mean, I, I like this draft a lot. Hamilton was the next pick. Troy Fulmagali, I could kind of take or leave him, to be the, be very honest with you. But I mentioned that the tight end depth wasn't great. Jake Butts redshirting, and he's going to come back. Virgil Green's gone. So adding another one to the mix there, that's cool. Sam Jones, a guard, I mentioned to start the show. Guard, I thought, was clearly a need for them. This is a six-rounder, you know. So, um, you know, the, the last two guys I honestly don't know a whole heck of a lot about. But, you know, they're late-round picks. That leads us to Kansas City, who didn't have a first because of Mahomes. And if Mahomes is a stud, so be it, you know. I mean, but I don't see a lot of immediate. Well, maybe. I mean, it's a very defensive draft. I mean, all six of their guys are on defense. Speaks the defensive end. If you notice last year, they drafted the Kasmanyak kid from, from Connecticut. Not that they look the same, but they're both bigger dudes for three, four outside linebacker types. I mean, I'm wondering if they're looking for more size off the edge. And maybe they could also bump inside next to Chris Jones and sub package with Houston and Ford coming off the edge. Um, so Speaks has a lot of ability. Uh, I think this could work out well for them. Nomdi to me, their third round pick, 75th overall, is exactly, you know, what you lost in 
what's his face? The nose tackle they got from why am I forgetting his name? Um, the nose tackle they got from the Eagles who played well, but he's a move guy, run defender. But I think Namdi could be that type of guy. I think he'll be asked to play the nose and handle those responsibilities. I mean, he's not Casey Hampton, Vince Wilfork, but the league isn't going that way. He moves pretty well. If he would have been more of a pass rusher, he would have been much, much higher drafted. So he's a good football player, and I think he helps out very, very soon. like that pick a lot, considering their needs, their interior run defense. It's questionable. Um, Dorian O'Daniel is a really movement-based, small, outside linebacker, almost strong safety. But that makes a lot of sense for the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs play with a lot of defensive backs on the field. They've used these big safeties, Sorensen, Barry, near the line of scrimmage a lot as pseudo-linebackers. So you can call them a linebacker, you can call them a safety, whatever. They're going to ask them to do the same type of things. And run and hit players, a lot of dime. You know, the, the, they, they want a lot of defensive backs on the field. And I'm kind of referring him as a defensive back because I don't think he's much different than a guy like Sorensen. And I think he's closer to Sorensen than he is to Derek Johnson or Hitchens for sure. But he'll play on the second level. I don't think he's going to drop into too deep coverage and those type of things very often. Um, Amani Watts, the fourth-round pick, he absolutely will. There's some ability there. I kind of mixed feelings about him overall as a prospect. I think Watts is a decent player, worth the risk here. Um, some up-and-down play, to say the least. Um, okay, you know, they also picked up Khalil McKenzie, Reggie McKenzie's son, Traymond Smith, another corner, Central Arkansas, taking some shots on those guys. Again, it's all about defense. And really... If you notice, this kind of dawned on me. I didn't give this a lot of thought before this, but this division in general was really defensive-oriented. Benny Logan was the nose tackle I forgot about there, by the way. Slipped my mind. I didn't even look him up. It just dawned on me. Rarely do I forget guys' names, as you guys know. And this is kind of just off the top of my head, you guys chatting, and forgot his name. Um, I liked what the Chargers did. I think the Chargers are clearly the best team in this division, and... I said this before, for whatever reason, safeties stock are down a little bit. I mean, all these free agent safeties, Reed, Vaccaro, no one's signing for big money. Some of them are still out there. James falls to 17. Like, I'm not sure how that happens. And again, I think he's the best defensive player in this draft. I like a die. You know, you got to think this is a Seahawks-like defense. I like a die, but James is such a good fit as the Cam Chancellor role here. You just take him. I mean, for the, for him to be sitting there at 17, you just figure it out. I hope they don't try to make him Earl Thomas. And I don't think a, a die can be Earl Thomas. But again, Boston's still out there. Another safety that's not getting a lot of action. But then they doubled down. I mean, again, Derwin James is an ultra prospect. All these other people don't matter. You just take him and figure things out. But Kazir White in the fourth round is also a big, strong safety type. And... I've mentioned this with a lot of teams, and I bring it up a lot here with the Steelers, too, and we just talked about the Chiefs, that I wonder if White, James, Adai, even Brown, the linebacker, are all going to play more linebacker stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to basically back the line, be second-level players. Because it was odd to me. It wasn't odd that they took James, even though Adai's there, but he's a speed bump, and you, know, and you don't let a superstar... You know, go a different direction because a die is in your way. 
But then you took another one, and it's like, okay, maybe they have a plan here for utilizing these big safeties, these, quote, strong safety near the line of scrimmage guys. And there's a handful of teams that are really going that way via this draft. They're telling us more and more that that's the situation that they're after. And again, this was a heavy defensive draft. First four picks, all defense. Um, Nawasu. Looks like you're building upon a strength, and in a way you are, because he's an edge guy. I, I like him, though. I, I thought he'd go a little earlier than 48. I like the Tachu, too, and he's gone now. He's a niner. So now you have a third one. Bosa's absolutely versatile enough that he can line up over a guard in your NASCAR speed packages. So I think Nawasu can be brought along slowly, uh, strictly a passing down guy for the time being. I heard some people saying they're going to play him an inside linebacker. I don't care if I read everyone in the world saying that and the head coach saying that's what they're going to do. I still don't believe it. He's an edge player, in my opinion. It'd be nuts to play him elsewhere. But again, it was they don't have a lot of needs. So you grab this guy. We were just talking about the Chubb situation, you know, that uh, edge guys are hard to come by. So you can find a pretty good one in the second round. You don't need that much else. Go for it. Uh, Justin Jones, I think this is a, a double. You know, we often talk about it in the third round. A double off the wall, a quality third-round pick, probably never going to a Pro Bowl, a good player, Meebane's up in age. Uh, defensive tackle was, I thought, a position they would strongly consider if Payne or Veo were there and James wasn't. You know, like, I thought a defensive tackle into the equation was somewhat of a need, and he fits that mold. Quality two-way player. Again, I would be really shocked if he's a bust. Um, that's also true with Quisenberry, the fifth-round pick center. They signed Pouncey, but Pouncey could play guard. Quisenberry was really like Rosen's right-hand man. I've heard people say that they thought Quisenberry on tape was a better football player than Colton Miller, who we're about to get to with the Raiders, his, their first-round picks, which, needs to say, I'm probably not going to give them a ringing endorsement for that one. Um, but you add a quality interior lineman, and that's been a position of pro a problem area quite a bit. Pouncey has quite the injury history. So I like that pick a lot, too. I really like what Chargers did. Um, Dylan Cottrell is also another nice receiver, I think. Will make the team probably a year away from being a contributor, but a nice pickup. And Justin Jackson's a real sleeper here, too. I, I thought he'd be like a fifth-round pick. Got a lot of work at Northwestern. He's a smaller guy. Um you know, will he push for that number two role behind Gordon? I don't know. But, I mean, Gordon might not be with the team two years from now. Uh, Jackson may be a long-term backup. I think he could possibly be a spot, spot starter. Helps in the passing game. But he's not there in Sproles, even though he's a smaller guy. I mean, he's not a, a super, he's not Duke Johnson in terms of receiving skills or Chris Thompson or somebody like that. Um, but he does catch the ball well, does everything well. Again, I thought he was a NFL backup running back, and maybe he'll be Gordon's backup for a while, and then you get that in the seventh round. That's great. I'm going to be rough on the Raiders. It just seems like everybody they took was a reach or too far, or couldn't you got that guy later? And I get trading down when McGlinchey wasn't there, and I understand that Penn's not going to play forever and the right tackle situation's questionable. But then he trade up in the third round for Brandon Parker. Miller, to me, is not NFL-ready and is a real project. I see the value in an upside tackle. Don't get me wrong. Tackles don't grow on trees, and he's got some special traits. But he's not that great a football player. And, and I also realize in this division, 
you better be good at tackle, right and left, considering the edge pass rushers. So I get it, but I just don't love the player. And I thought that was way, way too early for Brandon Parker. He's another project. And they can wait on these guys. They don't need both of them to be studs right away or even starters. But then the same thing is kind of true for P.J. Hall, too. I mean, this is an athletic guy. And remember, this is going to come into play for two of these picks because Gunther Cunningham takes over at defensive coordinator. And he wants his Geno Atkins, you know. And Hall has some explosion and some athletic traits that maybe think that he could be that kind of guy. I just thought you got him a round or two later. And that brings me to Maurice Hurst in the fifth round. Is Hurst is the prototype for this draft to be the Geno Atkins. But behind the scenes, and a couple people kind of told me that, I mean, we know why he didn't get drafted earlier. It was the heart thing. And he got sent home from the combine, which, as a scout, I know that you got to be in pretty bad shape to get sent home from the combine. And, you know, and then we were reading his pro day. He's been cleared. Well, clearly he wasn't cleared. I mean, if he would have been cleared, he would have gone in the top 50 picks. He's a great player. He is a Geno Atkins. And so, in a way, I think it's worth the risk. But some people in the know have kind of told me this guy might... And I don't know exactly how to say it because I'm far from a doctor. And it's just kind of second and third-hand information. But maybe he shouldn't even put a football helmet on again. You know what I mean? Like, maybe his body is no longer equipped to play football because of this condition. I just hope it doesn't end poorly. Or, you know, Nick Fairley kind of went through something like this too. So... Football-wise, yeah, you get him in the fifth round and maybe he only plays a year or two and he helps you quite a bit. But I just worry about the whole situation. I mean, is it good business to do this? And I, I just have mixed feelings. Um, Arden Key's kind of the same way, but not from a health issue. It's just a, a boom or bust Alden Smith type of pick, I guess. You know, that all over the place during his time at LSU. A lot of ability, recent tape. It hasn't been great. Motivation and off-the-field concerns. Edge rushers don't grow on trees. Maybe he hits as your guy opposite Khalil Mack, but a lot of risk here. It's great for the locker room. Eh, you know, I mean, weight fluctuations. Nick Nelson, I think, is a quality player at a position they need help and might even see the field quicker than people think at corner. Nice pickup. Johnny Townsend, fifth-round punter. I mean... Can't do. I'm not super excited about fifth round punters, especially when you have one of the best in the league and you cut them. Maybe you know if you want to change the culture with that too. But okay, I mean, overall, I'm just not that big on this draft. Marcel Aitman, big receiver that I thought would have went earlier, so I, I can't complain about that pick either. And Azim Victor was a six round pick inside linebacker, uh, certainly a position of need. But I just think that the Raiders draft overall was absolutely my least favorite in the West and one of my least favorites overall. And Kansas City's clearly would be third in this in this group. Um, I guess I put Denver first, but they obviously have a massive advantage over the Chargers because they picked a dozen picks before them and you know a guy like Chubb fells in their lap. So I thought those two teams did well and I thought the other two teams did Okay and poor. Okay for KC. Not so great for the Raiders. All right. Always fun. See you.